ELC Radio. Imagine with me for a moment what could be. Imagine a world where men lead in their marriages, where men lead in raising their children, where men lead in protecting those who are weak and oppressed. It is the most important journey you could possibly be on. Men of ELC, join us for Kingsman, the second Friday of each month at 7 p.m. Iron sharpens iron. Love God, lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. Ephesians chapter 3, 15 through 19. Everybody found that? All right, let's go ahead and read from there here. We've been talking about ingredients for miracles. And it says this, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit and grounded in love. May we be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may, be, you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many want to be filled with the fullness of God? All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for this awesome opportunity to gather around your word, to eat of your word, to have the word planted on the inside of us so that we are prepared for everything that life would try to throw our way, Father. We thank you that when you're with us, nobody can be against us. Nothing can overcome us, Father, because you are on our side, and we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. How many were here last week and heard that awesome word? Amen. Man, give it up for Pastor Tina and Artemisa and Eddie and everybody that shared. Y'all aren't trying to give up claps today. I see you. Okay, you're going to make me work a little bit. But listen, if you haven't heard that message, please go on the uh, podcast and listen to that. Get on the church app. Man, some powerful, powerful testimonies 
of living miracles that we have here in this church. I was listening to it on the plane, and I'm sure people were watching me. I was all, I was all tearing up. And people were like, man, what's going on with this guy? He's having an episode here, you know? But just some of the, some of the messages, some of the things you guys were saying, and as they wrote letters to themselves uh, in their younger days, it was just powerful. And it's also evidence that we serve a miracle-working God. Amen? It's amazing to me how many Christians in America want to forget that we serve a miracle-working God. This gospel is supernatural. It's supernatural. It's not natural. It's not something you can figure out. It's not, you know, it's just not A, B, C, step one, two, three, life's going to be better. No, it's something you've got to understand, and that's called faith. What you believe and how, what you act on once you believe it can open up a world of, of, of impossibilities. It can make the impossible possible. And I have found so many times that what, what trips us up as Christians is when we get to places and it's tough. And we don't know what to do. And I thought my marriage would go better and it's not going better, so I'm going to leave. I thought this was the job God gave me, and now uh, this is not what I thought it was going to be, and now I'm going to go back to the bar. Or this Christian thing's not working. My life's not getting better. Let me go smoke some weed with the homies. I see it all the time. People reach an impossible situation, and they give up. And to me as a pastor, that just shows me sometimes that we as pastors, we're not preparing y'all for real life. And this is why you just can't hear messages on, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, everything's good, you know, everything's great. Now, sometimes you got to get prepared for the battle. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us there's an armor that we wear. And we wear that armor, and God gives us an armor because life is not easy. Tell your neighbor life's not easy. And it's never going to get easy because it's a war we're in. And the problem we have many times with Christians is we're not prepared for the war. And many of you here that have been in the military, you understand the hardness of boot camp. You understand the hardness of training. And they put you through all those things so that you're prepared for when the bullets start flying. So that you're prepared for when the hand grenades start going off. You don't curl up in a ball and cry. Instead, you and you go after the enemy. But you know what? We have a generation right now that doesn't want to be trained. They don't want to be trained. What is another word for, for training? Y'all ready for this? Gonna blow your mind, write it down, get the tattoo, whatever you want to do. Another word for training is discipleship. It's discipleship. Discipleship prepares you to take ground in life. But you know what? People don't want discipleship. You know what they want? They want a Sunday morning experience. Lights, camera. And I'm not against all that. I can't wait to get the lights up in our new building. So please don't get it twisted. I want all that. Bring the smoke. Bring it all. We're going to have it all. But we know this. The breakthrough's not in that. The breakthrough's in training. The breakthrough is in discipleship. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. And you want to know why? Because discipleship prepares you for what's coming your way. And Jesus himself, and he cannot lie, said this, tribulations will come. You don't have to believe for them. 
You don't have to have faith for them. They're coming. Tribulations in your marriage, tribulations with your kids, tribulations on the job is coming. All right? It's because we live in a fallen world. Okay? And just because you have tribulations doesn't mean God's not with you. Because as we said before, Paul was right in the center of God's will, and that dude went through a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Went to jail right in the center of God's will. He'd have probably never thought, man, serving God is going to take me to jail. It took him to jail. Serving God the Father, Jesus, served God the Father, took him to a cross where he suffered, where he was nailed, where his friends turned on him, where people spit on him, where people called him demon-possessed, all that. But Jesus went anyway. Why? Because here's the other side of when you go through things, there's a greater glory. Now Jesus ain't on that cross no more. That's why we don't have a picture of the crucifix. I know a lot of us grew up in Catholic church and you have that. Some of you are wearing it or have it tattooed on you. And that's fine. That's no, no big deal. You ain't got to change it. Somebody say, thank God. You know, you ain't got to change it. But here's the deal. He's not on that no more. He's not on that no more. That was just something he walked through where he is now. And what you should get a tattoo of is him on the throne in heaven. Well, I don't know why we don't have necklaces of him on the throne. <laughs> Ruling and reigning, like leaning over, ha, you know. We should have some of those. But because that's where he is right now. But my point is this. He had to go through some things to get that glory. Guess what you and I are, are doing? We're going through things to get a greater glory. But many people aren't prepared to go through nothing. And that's where I come in. If you come to church here, I want to get you ready to go through whatever you go through, got to go through to get to a greater glory. As I said, my wife and I celebrated 20 years. Listen, I'm, I'd rather be where we are now. I wasn't saying that for applause, but thank you. I see you. I see you. <laughs> I'd rather be in our marriage where we are now than where we were the first two, three years. But we had to go through things to get here. And you got to understand on the other side of going through stuff is greater glory. But here's what we do. We cave in. We quit. We go back to drugs. We go back to them crazy people. We go back to the party. We go back to the bar. And I don't want you to do that because ain't nothing there for you. But what we've got to have is we've got to understand that we serve a God of miracles. And so a couple weeks ago, and I know I'm just kind of reviewing, but somebody needs to hear this. We start talking about what you need for a miracle. And the first thing we need for a miracle, we said, is an impossible situation. How many have ever had an impossible situation? Amen. Don't get mad at it. Don't start going, God, where are you? Why is this happening? No, that's the first ingredient. You need that. The same way you need baking soda to make cookies. Don't try to make cookies without baking soda because you'll be missing an important ingredient. Now, is anybody here going to go home and just down some baking soda? Please don't. It's not good. and I think you can die from that too alone. But baking soda mixed with all the other ingredients makes an incredible chocolate chip cookie. Incredible. An impossible situation mixed with faith. What is faith? Acting on God's word. What is faith? Believing and speaking. You mix that with an impossible situation and that bad doctor's report. They said you're always going to have that problem. You're always going to have that diagnosis. It can change. So don't go to just you cry for a minute, but then dry the tears and go, Okay, I got to mix this with something. If you've ever had a, a bad report, you go and you try to get a house and they say, oh, sweetie, you don't qualify. Go get in the car, cry a little bit, get upset, 
as I did that, and then you know what? Say, okay, I got to mix this with something. I got to mix this with what God's word says. I got an impossible situation, but his word says he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So you begin to start speaking. I'm going to have a house. My credit is going to get better. Come on, somebody. I'm going to start being a better steward. That's the faith mixed with that issue there. But then, like we said, we got to act on God's word. So now if you believe that, you should be giving to the house of God. You should be sowing into the house of God. You mix those two things with an impossible situation, you start having miracles. Can I get a good strong amen on that? And so that's, that's one of the ingredients that you need to have. But, you know, there, there's, there's more to it than, than just those things. Uh, we talked about another thing you need for a, a miracle is you need a mistake. How many of you in here have ever made a mistake? I better see everybody's hand go up. We all make mistakes. And some of those mistakes are painful. But guess what? You need a mistake to see God move. So when you make a mistake, pick yourself up, dry your tears, and start crying out for grace and mercy. Grace and mercy are amazing things. Grace and mercy, the Bible says, is new every morning. I've had some days where I've used up almost all my grace and mercy. Eight o'clock comes, and I just thought, I'm out of grace and mercy. I should just go to bed because I can't make another few hours. My grace and mercy has gone. If I go to bed, I can wake up in the morning, and I got new grace and mercy. How many ever had a day like that? You just blew it all over. You just messed up over and over again. All your grace and mercy is gone. You might as well go to sleep, wake up in the morning. There's going to be some new grace and mercy. That's how amazing serving God is. I just don't understand why people leave the Lord. You know why? Because they get deceived. This ain't working. No, it's working. We sung about it today. He's working in the unseen. You can't see him, but he's working. He's for you. His grace and mercy works. And so we've talked about all those ingredients for a miracle, all those different things. And last week you heard about rest and how important it is that you rest. But today I want to speak to you about one of the main ingredients for a miracle. You guys ready for this? I want you to write this down. The main ingredient that you've got to have for a miracle is a strong spirit. Got to have a strong spirit. Now we read here in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 15 Uh, through 19, it talks about here that uh, Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he's saying, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, listen to this, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, in the inner man. Now, right now, we live in a day and age in the Western church, uh, in American Christianity, where we want to understand everything. Everything's got to, we got to understand it. We've got to grasp it. Uh, And you're going to run into problems when you serve God being led by your understanding. Because the Bible tells us his ways are higher than our ways. There's going to be some things that you're only going to be able to go so far. Because once you can't understand something, it's going to trip you up. That's why Paul said this. He said, man, my prayer is you get a strong spirit. That your inner man will grow. And the reason you got to have a strong spirit is because the Bible tells us that God is spirit. And when you get born again, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and he lives inside of your spirit. If you've got a big spirit, catch this, you'll have a big God. If you got a small, teeny weeny, eeny meeny 
spirit, that's the level of God you get in your life. I want you to meditate on that for a minute. And this is why some people have a better life than you do. This is why some people experience God more than you do. It's not that he likes them better. I'm trying to even the playing field here, y'all. It's not that he likes me better than he likes you. It's not that he likes the person sitting down the road better than he likes you. Sometimes it's because we have just been ignorant to the spirit inside of us. And so we limit the amount of God that we can partake of. And the reason we do that, we limit, we're ignorant, is because we come to, God, we come to church and we don't pay attention. We come to church and we're thinking about lunch. Or let's take it further. We come to church and don't want to be here. Smile at me. I'm reading your mail. I could probably point you out right now, too, but I ain't going to do that. We're in the place, but we're not taking in everything. And so we hear messages. We come and we hear revelation, but we don't ever partake of it. And so what begins to happen? We get small spirit. Oh, we see it during praise and worship, too. Our praise and worship team is worshiping, but that don't mean you are. So we still got folks just coming in here like, like it's the preliminary, you know, like, okay, hope this, when's this music stop so we can get into the word? Now, I've talked about this many times before. It's because worship is the time you and I get to give. See, right now, God's giving to you. He's feeding you. And we tend to like this portion. That's why people get here late at church during worship time. Because we feel as long as I get there before the word starts, I'm good. But see, you've just missed the most important time, the time where you actually bring something to the Lord, where you lift your hand, where you sing, where you shout, where you do all that. That was a weak clap, but that's okay. Because you need to get this. Are you guys tracking with me today? So you got to understand that, that you've got to, it's up to you to strengthen your inner man, okay? Because miracles are spiritual. They always begin in the spirit realm. Let me read to you what it says in the Passion Translation, that same scripture. It says, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you, listen, the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until your supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. You know what that says? The power is in you. Let me put it to you like this. The miracles, they're in you. We have this posture of always looking towards heaven. But can I just tell you, the things you need, it's in you. It's not out here. It's in you. The life that you want to have, it's not out here. It's in you. 
want you to meditate on that. Just think about that for a moment. Where do you want to go in life? What is it you need from God? You don't have to chase it out here. You've got to unlock it in here. And you're going to need a strong spirit to do that. And we have a problem in today's day and age. Nobody wants to talk about the functions of the spirit. Nobody wants to talk about them, really, because we, don't, we can't really give proper explanation to the intellect of some of the things that we believe. And so when we don't fully understand something without revelation, we back off of it. And so you go to some churches and you would not know that they believe in the Holy Spirit because you don't feel them. There's no manifestation of it. We would know people believe in healing because they never pray for the sick. Why? Because they can't explain how laying hands on somebody can take away sickness. And I can't explain it either, but I know the Bible says that it happens. And I believe what his word says. And I can tell you now from experience that I have been healed when hands were laid on me. And so many times we back off of the thing that we can't fully understand. But when we do that, folks, we're going to limit God. And let me put it to you like this. How can you think you can understand a limitless God? It's crazy to think we can understand and put God in our box of understanding. And so we've got to be open to his scriptures. And we've got to be open to the Holy Spirit showing us and leading us into all truth. Okay? So let's get back to why we need a strong spirit to have miracles, okay? The reason you need to have a strong spirit is because a strong spirit makes you sensitive to God. It makes you sensitive to God. Now, why do I need to be sensitive to God? Because you need to know when he's speaking and when he's not. Because miracles from God will always come, ready? With an instruction. With an instruction. Miracles from God. You ready for the second one? It's going to hurt you. Miracles from God will always come through somebody. Now, that's a problem for some of you. You want to know why? Because number one, you hate to be told what to do. Hate it. Number two, you hate having to listen to somebody. You hate it. So therefore... You won't have miracles because when I read the Bible, miracles come through an instruction and miracles many times will come through a person. So if can't nobody tell you anything, you need to change. If you don't like following instructions, you need to change. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor this is good preaching. I just needed to hear that. I need some encouragement right now because y'all just looking at me. This is going to help you. This is going to help you right here. So when you have a strong spirit, you're sensitive to God. And if you can recognize when God's speaking, you can get rid of the other stuff that tries to keep you from obeying God. Amen? I call it eating the meat and spitting out the bones. There's not a person here that likes chicken, right? That eats the bones. And if you like chicken, 
You don't let the bones keep you from eating chicken. You simply eat the meat and throw away the bones. Can I get an amen on that? But we don't want to do that when it comes to God's word. We start getting, here's, here's what I want to help you with. We get the opposite of a strong spirit. You know what the opposite of a strong spirit is? A sensitive person. Everything hurts your feelings. Here's here's another one. You ever meet somebody where everything means something? Everything means something. And they subscribe their meaning to it. Like, you know, you meet them and you go into the store and the lady says, good morning. And your friend goes, did you see how she said good morning? Yeah, she said good morning. No, but there was a tone to it. And when you're not sensitive to God, track with me now, you begin to be sensitive to that other stuff. And everything means something. Somebody walks up to you. Hey, did you get a haircut? Oh, I love it. I like this. Oh, thank you so much. Walk away. Do you hear what she said? Yeah, she said she liked your hair. Yeah, but she must not like how I used to have it. That's what she's really saying. Right, right. It's real as all this. This is 100 right here. People live their lives like this. Nothing can't just mean what they say. You got to attach something to it. You know, some of you going to be upset right now. He's talking to me. Because he, he, I know he's talking to me. I, he's, he might as well just say my name. See, you, you, you're doing it again. And you know what that proves. You ready? You know what that proves? You got a weak spirit. Because you're sensitive to everything but God. And so you're always mad. You're always offended. Don't go to Thanksgiving this year at your family's house because you're going to get mad again. You're just going to get mad again. You get mad every year. It should stop. Let's fix this. Can we fix this today? Some of you sit next to somebody going, please, please fix it. Please. People change churches over and over again because they're overly sensitive. Oh, I had somebody say this recently. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not going. I'm, I, I'm going to a new church. Oh, why? Because when I go to your church, nobody says hi to me. You know what I was saying in my head? I should have said it out loud, but I don't think she could have took it. You know what I said? I was thinking, you got a mouth. Say hi to somebody. And they'll say hi back to you. But you know what we do? We said we want people to come up to us. No. You want someone to say hi to you? Open your mouth and say hi to them. Try it. Say hi to your neighbor. See what happens. It works, right? Problem solved. Problem solved. Problem solved. You know, I got up at the, in the beginning of service and I said, please forgive us. We couldn't invite everybody. For some people, that's not going to be good enough. For some people, you'd be like, I get it, Pastor. That's a lot of money. No problem. I got you. Praise God. You love me. I know that. Other people, well, they got to go. 
I just told you why, but it's not going to be good enough. Be careful of marrying somebody like that. That's, that's a word for somebody. Do your homework. Do your homework before you put a ring on it. Because your life will be full of that. Full of it. Everything's, everything has a secret meaning. It's like that secret menu at Starbucks, right? In and out burger. Secret menus. Some of y'all are like, there's secret menus over there? Started a whole conversation in your head. People have that, that kind of thing. So the opposite of a strong spirit will be an overly sensitive person. So if you want to change that, I could help you today. And then your marriage could get better. And your life could get better. And people could start liking you. Isn't that a cool thing when people like you? Can I help somebody today? Okay, so let me, let me, let me talk to you about the spirit because I find so many times we're still ignorant about what the spirit is for. So let me give you functions of your spirit. Y'all ready for this? Write it down. Number one, the first function of your spirit is to keep yourself healthy. It's to keep yourself healthy. I know we're talking about miracles, but I got to take a little sidebar here to tell you why you got to take care of your spirit. Look at Proverbs 17, 22 on the screen. It says this, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Bitterness. You know what that drying of the bones is? That's arthritis. It's arthritis. Now, we know that age can cause arthritis, but you know what else can cause arthritis? Bitterness, regret, anger, unforgiveness. And so you end up getting old, but you got all this bitterness. You're mad at your kids because they ain't doing what you wanted them to do. You're mad at your ex because da-da-da. You're going to get old, and you're going to get some arthritis. Now, please, that's not the only thing that causes arthritis. So don't be judging folks that have arthritis. <laughs> some of you are thinking your mom right now. Dang, my mom, I know that's why my mom has it. <laughs> Listen, let's pray for her. Let's get her healed. I'm talking to you right now. It's what the scripture says. It dries the bones, okay? But what is it? A broken spirit. A broken spirit is always bitter. See, here's the cool thing. Your spirit can heal. And another thing, your spirit can be broken. You know what can break a spirit? A broken heart. Abuse. Sexual abuse. Rape. Uh, All sorts of things can break a spirit. A bad experience. Being hurt by somebody but you don't have to stay broken. Amen? Amen. Look at Proverbs 17, 22. In, this, in the Passion Translation, it says like this, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. For single people, that's why you should marry somebody with a sense of humor. A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing, listen, to both the body and the soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions. Some of y'all need to laugh a little. Your relationship's too serious. It's too much drama in your life. But listen to this. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. The one 
whose, whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. If, you, if you're depressed a lot, you have a weak spirit, we need to strengthen that thing. Keep taking your meds. Tell your neighbor, keep taking his meds. Please, please. Don't run out of here, throw your meds away, and just be like, I'm going to strengthen my spirit. <laughs> strengthen your spirit and take your meds, okay? But depression, right, is a part of a weak spirit or a crushed spirit. Now, guys, this is why those of you that have experienced trauma, if I had you raise your hand in here, those of us that have experienced trauma, there would be so many hands going up in here. What is trauma related to? Trauma could be related to a divorce, can be related to physical abuse, sexual abuse, addictions. It can be related to so many things. Many times, some of the symptoms, and we actually have a trauma specialist here. Uh, Jesse works with, uh, in, that, in that world, and he could tell you something. Maybe we'll have him come up on a Sunday and share some of these things. They will have these struggles with headaches, with depression, with certain chronic sicknesses and stuff. And some of you, maybe you have a tia like that, or you have a mom like that. Something's always wrong with her. Something's always sick. Something's always hurting. What is that sometimes? It's a crushed spirit. So what I'm saying is we give things, I'm not, and again, we get, get treatment, get all that. But again, we underestimate how important a strong spirit is. And we just go to putting band-aids on problems that are really spiritual. And we just live with stuff. We live with headaches like it ain't no thing. Your head is not supposed to hurt all the time. It's not. It's a symptom something's wrong. Nowadays, we just buy more Tylenol. And you go to Costco and you get seen those big old jars. <laughs> big old jars. Like, what, is, what am I supposed to do with that? Going into surgery? But they have them. People buy them. You probably got something. You a big one in your living room. So you keep taking that. Or hear me now. Hear me. Or you could strengthen your spirit. Some people will be resigned to just taking the Tylenols because they don't want to do the work to strengthen the spirit. But not you in this church, right? Tell your neighbor, not me. Now let's keep going. Look at Proverbs 18, 14. Are you guys getting something today? Praise God. Yeah, someone's getting mad. Amen. But Proverbs 18, 14 says this. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. But who can bear a broken spirit. Basically, what it means is this. A strong spirit will get you through stuff. It'll get you through. It'll get you through sickness. It'll get you through a death of a loved one. It'll get you through a divorce. It'll get you through an unexpected situation. It'll get you through. But a broken spirit, it can't bear anything. Look what it says in the Passion Translation. The will to live sustains you when you're sick. But depression crushes courage and leaves you unable to cope. And this is where a generation is right now. Suicide is rampant amongst this generation. Pastors are killing themselves. Yeah, this is, applies to everybody. And I'm, what I'm just throwing before you today is a thought that maybe it's not more counsel you need. Although I'm for counselors. 
I go to counselors. It's all good. Get counsel, get marriage counsel, get psychological counsel, whatever you need to get. Go get it. But maybe that's not the answer. Meds, I told you, get your meds. You need some meds, go get them. But maybe that's not going to fix this. Maybe, just maybe what you need is a stronger spirit. Amen? I would choose that first. Why do we wait last to look for a spiritual solution? People say all the time, I tried everything and it didn't work. So then I went to church. So then I went to God. Why you put God last? That's not smart. Let's be a generation that will put God first. So you don't have to spend all that money on a counselor. So you don't have to spend all that money on meds. Come to God first and see what happens. Tell your neighbor, come to God first. So what does your spirit do? It keeps you healthy. All right. We got to we got to work on our spirit. Number two, what else does your spirit do? It connects you to God. It connects you to God. John 4, 24 says this. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But if your spirit is small and it's weak, that's the level of God you get. Guys. Even Jesus, it talks about uh, when he was growing up, had to grow in knowledge and understanding. And it says in spirit. It's up to you to grow your spirit. That's why you can't afford to miss church. You can't afford to not be a part of stuff that are going to grow your spirit. We'll go crazy doing other stuff. You know, we'll go to the gym at 4 a.m. Well, some of us will. And then post about it. (laughs) But don't pray. But don't worship. But don't seek God. Are you tracking with me? It's real talk. But see, God connects with you spirit to spirit. God doesn't speak to your brain. He doesn't speak to your body. That's why those of you that are so feelings led, you're going to be in trouble. That's why you make bad decisions, because you trust your feelings. Can I tell you something about feelings? And you test me on this. Feelings are liars. They lie. I remember being a kid and my mom and dad have to discipline me. And you remember this, too. Maybe some of you. And you go to your room and you're crying. (laughs) And you say your feelings tell you that they don't love me. I'm going to run away. (laughs) Anybody ever have those feelings? Lying feelings. As a grown man, I know right now, man, that was love. Thank God they disciplined me. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you ain't never got disciplined. (laughs) But if you listen to your feelings, feelings will lie to you. Feelings will tell you your husband don't love you. He don't love you. He's still there, ain't he? Still coming home, do you? Now, he needs to be doing more than that, but you get the point. But feelings will just have you going all over the place. Right? I didn't get no, right? 
Some of you thinking about it. Well, you know. Most of us are in the problems we're in because we have our feelings. Feelings are a lie. God, don't speak to your feelings. You know what God speaks to? Your spirit. Well, how do I? I can't hear from God. How come? You got to grow that spirit. You got to focus on growing that spirit. Amen. What's another thing the spirit does? Number three, gives you revelation and guidance from God. Gives you revelation and guidance from God. It's basically what First uh, Corinthians 2 talks about being led by the spirit. They prove it to you. It says that is, as it is written, I have not seen, ear hath not heard. So he don't speak to your body. Nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He's not speaking to your mind and your will and your emotions. But listen to what it says. But God has revealed him, revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And that's why most people don't hear from God. Because you got a small spirit. Let's build our spirit up. Amen. Number four, what else does your spirit do? It helps you pray. You know, the main reason I think people don't pray is because you just run out of things to say. If I just pray in English, that thing's done in five minutes. God, you're worthy. You're so good. Help my kids. Help my wife. Help me, Lord. Be right. Amen. You're done. But when you have a strong spirit and you pray in the Holy Spirit, Look at what 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says. For if I am praying in a tongue, my spirit is engaged in prayer, but I have no clear understanding of what is being said. Something that's lost in the American church right now that I believe God is getting ready to pour out on everybody in a greater way is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We cannot push away intercession and praying in other tongues. Why? Because people don't believe it. Well, I don't know about all that stuff. I don't understand all that stuff. Can me help you? I don't understand it all either. But it says it in the Bible and it works. And I would not be here today had it not been for my ability to pray in other tongues. I've been in situations where I did not know what to do but pray in other tongues. I'm reminded of when my daughter Selena was maybe a year old and, and she got some kind of flu or she had a temperature and my wife was going to the grocery store to get some uh, medicine, actually. And while she was there, she slipped into a seizure. A little baby, one, maybe one years old. And uh, she didn't know what to do. Didn't know what was going on. First thing she began to do was pray in other tongues. My baby's still here today. I don't know what would have happened if she didn't do that. You know what probably would have happened? She'd have freaked out. Oh, my gosh, my baby. But what you know what was needed? Intercession from the throne, praying in other tongues. Now, do we understand what happened? Nope. Did it work? Yep. If you've ever been on a missions trip with us, I tell you all the time, one of the rules is when you don't know what to do, pray in other tongues. We get on the mission field sometimes. We don't know what to do. Okay, guys, let's just pray in tongues. And what happens? We make it through every time. Every time. Why? Because the Bible says when I'm praying in the spirit, my spirit is engaged in prayer with God, even though I have no understanding. 
Look at Romans chapter 8, 26. It says, likewise, the spirit also helps in my weaknesses. For when I don't know what we should pray for as we ought, the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes, guys, that miracle is going to come through your groanings, through your travailing, through you praying in other tongues. You don't know what to do. All you can do is cry, but you can pray in tongues. And the Bible says that when you pray in tongues, you pray the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God. None of you in it, it's all God. You know, sometimes we pray and we put our own spin on stuff. Amen? Like when you single people pray for a wife. You just praying all your stuff. You just looks. She got to have good hair. Nice teeth. And God's like, no, she needs to be able to handle you. That's what you need. She needs to be able to not let you run her into the ground. She needs a strong spirit. So when you pray in tongues, that's what you're praying for. Because that's the stuff you'll make it through a marriage. Most single people, you're looking for the wrong thing to marry. You're just looking for the wrong thing. You're looking for a, a playmate. You're looking for someone to hang out with. That's not how you do, hey, we should marry. Ladies, you should marry somebody that has the potential to be a father. You should marry fathers. Fathers take care of their families. Amen? Men, you should marry somebody that can walk with you through tough times. Amen? Marry somebody who's got the goods, who's strong in spirit. Amen? You should marry somebody, men, that you could submit to. That's what Ephesians says. Ah, it's getting me down a whole nother rabbit hole. Let's keep going here. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. What does it say? But you, beloved, build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So he gives us a key right here. You want to build up your spirit, you got to pray in other tongues. You want to build up your spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but I don't understand it. It's what it says. What you don't understand is the Bible tells you what's happening. Number one, you're praying the will of God. Number two, you are communing with God because God will always commune with you spirit to spirit, never spirit to intellect. Spirit gets it first, intellect gets it later, and then body gets it. Number five, what else? What's another function of your spirit? It provides, uh, your spirit, man, will provide ideas and inspiration. That's what a strong spirit will do. It'll give you ideas and inspiration. Job, 20, Job 32, verse 8 says, there is, But there is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Guys, what I'm trying to tell you is you have an edge over everybody on your job. You have an edge over everybody in your neighborhood and in your family. It's called your spirit. And if you'll build up your spirit, you can live life from your spirit. That's where ideas come from. That's where understanding will come from. Most of y'all are living through this thing here. And guess what? Everybody else is too. But it's the God ideas that'll show you who you should marry. It's the God ideas who will show you what kind of job you should be doing, what kind of work you should be doing, where you should be, who you should be having, being friends with, what you should be doing with your life. But you got to build up that spirit. Because you're going to find out one day you live the majority of your life limited because you would not build up your spirit. I don't want to be, that's not going to happen for me. I know when I look back onto my life, I'm not smart enough to have accomplished what I have. 
You know where those ideas came from? My spirit. My spirit. Coming to Sacramento was not our idea. It came from the spirit of God. Guys, when we were called to come here, my wife just gave birth to Diego. Nobody uproots their family when they have a four-month-old and takes them across country. And when people would ask me, well, what are you going to do when you get there? I said, oh, we're going to start a church. Well, you know, are you going to get a job? I'd say, I don't know. <laughs> but God gave us an idea. And ever since, we've been walking those ideas that we get out from our spirit. But see, people don't want to, they don't want to do that. But you need a strong spirit because that's where good ideas come from. Here's something else. Inspiration comes from those things. My creatives out there, you want to be creative, have a strong spirit. Number six, another thing a strong spirit will do for you. I'm almost done. It will help you connect with people. Mark 2, verse 8, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? It says there, Jesus perceived in his spirit. He perceived in his spirit. Now, guys, why do we need all this stuff? Because the miracles you need are going to come through your spirit. Well, I thought you said they're going to come from people and instruction. Yes, but it's your spirit that determines the instruction. And if it's from God or not, it's your spirit that's going to show you who God has put in your life. See, I know there are people in my life that are that are good people that are my friends because of natural circumstances. And then I know there's people that are in my life because God put them there. And, you know, I know that by my spirit. We didn't just pick Pastor Charles to be our pastor because he's a cool guy and he's got a big church. And he can do this, that, and the other for us. No, we didn't do that. We picked Pastor Charles because our spirit said, that's your pastor. Now, there's a lot of things about Pastor Charles that I'm not like in the same thing, but that didn't matter. What mattered is who God said was there in my life. Some people in this body here, I've discerned, man, this is somebody I'm supposed to walk through life with. That's why you need a strong spirit. How do we get a strong spirit, guys? It's very, very simple. I don't even need to spend a time giving you. It's basically a few ways. Number one, worshiping God will give you a strong spirit. Number two, his word, eating the word, reading the word, confessing the word, meditating on the word. The word, the word, the word gives you a strong spirit. Listen to his word through preaching, through podcasts, through music. Get the word in you. Word, word, word. Read the Bible. Listen to the Bible. Speak the Bible. And every time you do, you build your your spirit up. Every time you come into church and you decide, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to sing. I'm going to engage in worship. Your spirit man grows But there's one important aspect that will grow your spirit that you've got to get, and that is prayer in the Holy Spirit. That, the book of Job points out, is how you build yourself up by praying in other tongues. Now, many people that grew up in church, and I grew up in church, they said you can only pray in tongues if the Spirit comes on you. Whereas the old-timers would say, when you catch the Holy Ghost... 
And so you could be normal, and then you'd see sister so-and-so, and all of a sudden she'd get the jerks. She's, the hair bun would just bounce around right there. She'd just start going. And then she'd start running around the church, vibrating. And people say, whoa, she caught the Holy Ghost. She was always catching the Holy Ghost. You guys remember those days? And we see that. And what, what a generation has done is has done is they've gone, that's weird. I don't want that. But let me tell you something. Some of that was weird. Some of it was. Let's just be honest. Some of it was. But what you I gotta understand is the scriptures will never leave you, lead you wrong. They'll never lead you wrong. And even though there's been some things that you see and go, oh, I don't know about that. Listen, it all it all ain't like that. You don't have to catch the Holy Ghost. You know what you do? You ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. And the Bible says he'll fill you. It says ask and you'll receive. Remember what we started out with? Your help is not out here. It's in you. It's already in you. When you said, Jesus, come into my life, the Holy Spirit came into your spirit and breathed life into your spirit. Now it's our responsibility to grow that spirit up. Think about what Jesus says. You're born again. You have a born again spirit. You know what that means? What happens when you're born? You're a baby. Your spirit man's a baby. You got to grow it. Some of you have been in church 20 years. Your spirit man, still a baby. Because you don't read the Bible. You don't pray. But listen, let's grow it up. Because if we could get you a strong spirit, you can discern the voice of God and then miracles can happen for you. If we could, if we could get you a strong spirit, you'll quit being offended so doggone easily. If we could get you a, 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 a strong spirit, you'll forgive people and quit holding grudges and being bitter. And well, they did this and that, that, that and they never said, I'm sorry. You're going to go to the grave like that. If you can get a strong spirit, everything can change. Miracles can then begin to come. Because remember, miracles come through instruction. The widow was about to die. The man, the prophet comes and says, hey, make me some food with that last bit of oil and that last bit of grain you got there. She could have said, you get out of here, you big fat preacher. You want to take my last meal? She could have hit him with a stick and sent him on his way. But you know what she did? She discerned. That's an instruction from God. She did it. The Bible says saved her and her son. What did the prophet tell Naaman? Hey, you want to see again? Took some mud. He, no, no, I'm sorry. He took, told Naaman, go ahead and go wash in the, in the river there seven times. You know what that man could have did? Man, shut up. You go wash in that river. Socked him. Because you know that river is a dirty river. But he didn't. You know what he did? He discerned God's in this. Went and did it, got healed. Jesus experiences a man. Hawks a loogie into the dirt, puts it on the dude's eyes. Now that would have been, you, you deserve a, a sock right there, right? So as he put that on him, well, what's that noise, Robbie? What's, what's going on? He says, and then tells them, go wash it off. Guys, 
You need a strong spirit to hear stuff. I've been preaching for, to some of you a long time, and you still can't discern some of the instructions that God's trying to get to you. You got to build that spirit up. Let's stand on our feet. A strong spirit could change everything for you. But you got to decide if you want to strengthen it. Watch everybody here just close your eyes for just a moment. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for every person that is here. And Lord, I know you desire to open up their life to a whole nother dimension, a whole nother level. It doesn't have to be weird, but Lord, it is supernatural. And there's a lot of it we don't claim to fully understand. But Lord, you are spirit and we need a strong spirit. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.